Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. All right, everyone. Well, welcome back to The Third Seat. My name is Daniel Trinum. I'm with Croft & Frost, and I will be your host for today's episode. My guest today, he is someone that I am really excited to talk to. He's somebody that uh, I think finds himself in a very interesting position, both just from a personal standpoint, but also from the work that he does. Uh, I came across him through LinkedIn and we chatted for a little bit and I knew after chatting with him that I would like to extend that conversation a little bit further uh, and just talk about his life, the things that he's done, the work that he does, and I really think that you all will enjoy our conversation today. Uh, so Jameson, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no I problem. I love it. No problem. You could have just let, I mean, I, I know we've chatted a little bit, but just for those that aren't aware of you and yeah. what you do, just give a, a brief introduction of yourself and then we'll, we'll jump right into it. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jameson Schimmel. I am a bilingual life coach for the Partnership for Families, Children, and Adults here in Chattanooga. And before that, I was a teacher. And before that, I was in Chicago, Illinois. So it's kind of been a whirlwind, but love what I'm doing and working on setting some goals. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, are you are you from, like, were you born in Chica the Chicago area? I was, yeah. So outside of Chicago, uh, and you can hear it when yeah, I, I say, pronounce I can, I can it, it Chicago, when you say mom, <laughs> soccer, all that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, born and raised outside of Chicago in the suburbs yeah. and attended public school all the way K-12. Came down here to go to college at Covenant College mm -hmm. and then ended up staying teaching for five years and moved into the nonprofit sector. And that's the adventure kind of that I'm on right now. What led you specifically to China? I know you said you went to Covenant, which by the way, I've visit, I've gone to <coughs> Covenant's campus a couple times. Yeah. It looks like something out of Hogwarts. I like know. It's crazy. The, <laughs> the first time I drove up there, I was like, this place looks insane like I, yeah. it, it looks like it's otherworldly it, it's pretty pretty crazy. it really is i want to say it's called like the castle on a hill yeah which that sounds about right yeah, yeah just elevate that real high but yeah. uh yeah. yeah so what drew me down here i my parents wanted me to go to a faith-based college after having done private school mm -hmm. for k-12 yeah. and this was one of the few that i could find that offered spanish oh. as a major so yeah. my degrees in spanish my master's mm -hmm. is in teaching yeah. and it ended up just kind of working. Yeah. And you fit and you, you decide to stay here after that. Yeah. Or at least for the time yeah. being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this August will be 11 years here in Chattanooga. Wow. I never thought I would be here this long, yeah. wow. but, uh, on graduating, I had a job teaching at a small private school here in Chattanooga, mm -hmm. accepted it and taught for five years teaching Spanish. And yeah, now I'm, now I'm in the nonprofit world, which is a journey. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And speaking, that's a, I'm glad you said it that way. Cause speaking yeah. of journeys, uh, you have, we were talking a little bit about before this, but you've traveled the world uh, in a yeah. lot of different ways. You mentioned, I forget, I, you listed off a whole bunch of countries and I've already forgotten, yeah. but uh, you've traveled all over the place. Uh, obviously you're, you know, you speak Spanish, so I imagine you've been to different Spanish speaking countries, but uh, what, what were the places you said you've been to? Yeah, so my international <clears throat> travel started in high school and that was to Costa Rica. Okay. So wildly different than a majority of the other countries I've visited mm -hmm. over in Europe, but started in Costa Rica, then Spain, and then France, mm -hmm. 
and then Spain again, yeah. and then France, and then Belgium, and then Italy, and then wrapped up in Spain. You just couldn't stay put. I just you, couldn't stay yeah, put, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it, I uh, got that travel bug. Yeah, but the thing, the thing I want to ask you is, I, I've traveled a little bit internationally, but yeah. the, the case that I always like to use on a much smaller level is, I'm not originally from Chattanooga. I know I've mentioned that on, on the show before, but I'm from about an hour up the road, a really small town. The joke I always use is literally the town I'm from has about a thousand people on a good oh day. Oh my God. Like it's tiny. <laughs> we have one, one red light. We have a subway that we're very proud of, uh, yes. but it's a very small town. And so going to school here in Chattanooga was not like a culture shock by any means, but I got to meet all different kinds of people that I really wasn't exposed to prior to that. You know, the, the high school I went to, everybody knew everybody. Yeah. There was like 20 people that I graduated. Okay, not literally, but right. it was a very small graduating <laughs> class. And so, uh, you know, getting to be in a bigger city for my standards and meeting, you know, different people from different backgrounds with different perspectives, it was a really cool I, I realize it more later in my college years, the, yeah. the impact that it had on me, but I it really benefited me in a lot of ways that it's hard to quantify, I guess. It's, it's hard to put like, you know, numbers on paper and say, oh, this, this increased this way and this changed this way. But I can tell just from the experience and the time that I now have on my side, uh, how I've personally changed as an individual and how I feel like I've grown as an individual and also just how I'm a little bit more receptive to individuals that totally. I may not you know, know a lot about them culturally or about them personally, but I feel as if I'm a lot more receptive and empathetic to those people because, you know, as I've realized, like everybody comes from different backgrounds. Everybody comes from mm -hmm. different areas. We all have different life experiences. Uh, you mentioned you're from, from Chicago, from Chicago. Yeah, from uh, Chicago, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we all come from different areas with different yeah. life experiences. And so what has your, if any, I mean, I know you said you've been all over the place and, and it obviously takes time, but for you with your travels, what were some things that you took away? Uh, and I'm sure you'll travel more in the future, but uh, yeah. what were some lessons that you took away and some experiences that were notable for you from those travels that you had uh, off in Europe and, and into South America? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I can even... <clears throat> bring it even closer to home in having come from Chicago down to the south. Yeah. That was a culture shock yeah. in and of itself. The and weather is, is enough of a culture shock. Uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> and I mean, I grew up in Chicago, which is, I mean, beyond diverse. Yeah. So much diversity, so many different cultures. <clears throat> it's a melting pot. Um, and loved it. And so I grew up in diversity, having friends uh, in a town that was actually a refugee hub mm -hmm. in the United States. And so I was there and we had all these different cultures blending mm -hmm. and melding uh, kind of together. And then I came down here and was just shocked mm -hmm. at what was a bit of a different, I mean, from a northerner to a southerner, yeah. it's an entirely different yeah. uh, culture to yeah. learn. But it was, it was very different. Um, everything from just the common language spoken mm -hmm to, I mean, I learned a lot of slang. Yeah, uh, the, the Southern slang. A is, lot of is, Southern slang. a whole slang. different language in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to working at a primarily all white, middle upper class yeah. school, it was just, it was, it was a shock. It took some time to change. And a lot of that is due to the fact that I had traveled. Mm -hmm. And so really what I was, what I fell in love with, with learning Spanish was just the multitude of countries that speak Spanish and the culture that comes along with each of those countries. And so one of the lessons that I've learned in just traveling is humility. Mm -hmm. And really you have to kind of step out of your comfort zone all the time. 
beyond language because there are customs that we're used to, whether you're up in Chicago, in New York, down in Louisiana, here in Chattanooga, uh, that we're just used to as like the American vibe. Mm -hmm. And then you go overseas or you travel to a different country, whether that's Mexico, Canada, anywhere, you're looking at an entirely different culture, a set of norms that are kind of to be followed. And you really have to step out of, this is what I think is right. Mm because then you come off, I mean, if you don't, you end up coming off yeah. as the American yeah. that's putting on the American way and you need yeah. to adjust to me. Yeah. And so that was a lesson that I learned really quick at a young age and I felt really grateful for it mm-hmm. because it makes traveling so much more enjoyable. Yeah. When you go in and say, I wanna, I wanna understand this culture a bit mm-hmm. more, I wanna try and I have no idea what I'm gonna find, but I just wanna try it, Yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and I'm, I agree 100% because I guess it was, it was, I remember specifically now, it was in 2020, right before virtually everything shut down. Yeah. Uh, I was in the Dominican Republic for about a week, and it was, I never, I'd been out of the country at that point, but I'd never been to the Dominican specifically. Right. Uh, and I hadn't been to many, like, south of the United States border countries, I guess if right. that makes sense, prior to that either. And so, going down there, you know, I, I totally, for a little bit, I felt very much like a fish out of water because mm-hmm. it was totally a different you know, there's all different cultures, a different uh, way of living life. But there was something about once I was there for a couple of days and I started to feel not necessarily hot, but I felt a little bit more comfortable being there. Like I, I didn't feel yeah. I started to, you know, meet new people and, and you know, I learned their names and everything. Uh, it felt more like less that I was out of place and more like I was experiencing life in a different way. Totally. Uh, you know, yeah. it wasn't like I was like, oh my gosh, these people that I've never right? met before, like this place, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, it, that kind of washed away quickly. And then suddenly I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm experiencing a different part of the world. Because as, as I mentioned, like even though it was a small travel for me, experiencing Chattanooga and everything it has to offer is totally different from where I grew up, which is totally yeah. different from where you grew up, yeah. which is totally different for people in the Dominican and Spain and all over the, all of the world. There's all these different little pockets of culture and life right. and when you can allow yourself the ability to not only experience that but soak in that experience it really does again I don't know how to quantify it but it really does change you I think for the better as a person personally if, if I know traveling can be expensive at times depending on where you go but it's such a beneficial experience in my opinion you know 100 yeah. percent. and I mean you talk about travel being expensive and it is yeah but I also think that if you're going to truly travel and embrace a culture you're not going to end up doing the Mm all-inclusive. You're not going to do the Americanized hotels that they're offering because they want the tourists to come. What I love about traveling is the opportunity to find that hole-in-the-wall restaurant, Mm -hmm. uh, to find an Airbnb that's run by a family that's been doing it, and they're just, that's their business. But it's authentically the experience that you can get living in an apartment in Sevilla, Spain, or something like that. That's what I fall in love with, and then it cuts your cost a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Yeah, and, and that's the, the thing that I always think is kind of funny, like, you know, not to shame anybody that's right. done this, but like, you know, people will go to like, oh, I'm going to Mexico for, for vacation, but they'll be like, go to just a resort, and it's like, and they stay did you right really in go there. to Mexico, yeah. or did you just like go to the, the beach, you know? Right. It's like they set off, right. you know, and, and you know, I get the appeal of it, but yeah. if you allow yourself the opportunity to experience those different cultures and to really you know, there's going to be a likely. There's going to be a you know that that culture shock at the beginning. Like you're you're totally a fish out of water. You don't really know these people. But once you can allow that to fade away a little bit and just experience what's around you, it's 
it's so much more beneficial. I remember uh, I'm not I'm not in any way fluent in Spanish. I took <laughs> I took two Spanish classes in in high school because that's the only language classes they offered, and I had to take yes. it. But there was a point where I became more proficient in it, and I could hold small conversations, mm -hmm. and and you know I could kind of figure if I heard other people speaking in it, I could make sense of it, you know. And then I forget where it was. We took some trip to. Uh, I forget where it was. It was like a, a local like Spanish market like down the road or something. I don't know. And we intentionally tried to like work on our Spanish and they spoke to even though they mm -hmm, could speak English, mm -hmm. they intentionally spoke Spanish to us and to us and it felt just it felt like I was again, like I was just experiencing a different part of, of the world totally. I had never seen. Even though it was not very far from where I was from, it was like I had kinda uncovered this like hidden gem that I'd never yeah. I'd never known about, you know? And and that's why I say like again there's all different areas you can travel to in the world, and it can be it can be expensive depending on where you go and what time of year you go. But if you look at it, I think as more of an investment in yourself and and like the experiences you have, it's so much more it can be so much more beneficial for you than just yeah. like oh it's a vacation to wherever. Uh, totally. Those experiences, those investments can really be beneficial to who we are as individuals. I believe, you know. Yeah, I mean, and so across the board, like if you go into a situation that you are not. Uh, the main culture, the dominated yeah. culture. Humility is what you have to learn. If you're yeah. going to have any kind of success, if you're going to grow as a person, yeah. learning to be humble, learning to listen, mm -hmm. that's the other big thing that mm -hmm. I feel like I've learned through travel is learning how to listen. Uh, because so often when we're uncomfortable, we end up just talk, 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 talk. Mm -hmm. And then when you're put into an environment where English isn't the dominating language you have to listen really close you're listening a lot because yeah. you're still i mean you're trying to understand the spanish mm -hmm. from word to word to word mm -hmm. but you're also trying to understand what the customs are what the norms are and you then it does it changes you it mm -hmm. turns you into a bit more not passive necessarily but just i'm going to be humble yeah. i'm going to listen i'm going to breathe yeah. slow down a little bit yeah well i think i think if i could quantify the best way like how it benefits us is most of us in our lives, when we grow up, assuming we stay in that area or in a surrounding area for a, you know a decently substantial amount of time, you become comfortable with where you're at. You know, like like I said, I grew up in the small town for the first mm. 18 years of my life. I knew everybody there. Everyone had a similar way of life. Like it right. was it was what I knew. I was very comfortable with it. And so I'd never really experienced being on the opposite side of things to where you're in that area, but you're not right. you're not from there, or you don't know your way around that area. I'd never been there before in that position. And so if you allow yourself to be on the flip side of that, to where you are now, you know, you're not the dominant, like you said, the dominant culture, it you have to kind of knock yourself down a peg or two. Not that yes. you're any, any better or worse than anybody, but it's like no. you, you're you now the one that you have to soak in the information. You have to really pay attention to what's going on because, you know, I remember, like I said, I was in the Dominican and we first got down there. They were, I don't know, I'm assuming you know about it, but like Dominican Spanish, from what I've been told, is Ooh. like a thousand miles <laughs> an so hour. Fast. And so we got down there and they were all just like going, just yeah. running around talking. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Right. I don't know how we're supposed to communicate with these so people. You've been sitting in class just yeah. in like, yeah. Pablo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it, it, it forces you to, I mean, the old, the old saying is like, if you, I don't know, well, I forget what it is, but you know you can't grow without uh, being a little bit uncomfortable. You can't grow sure. uh, without a little bit of a little bit of pain, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and so allowing yourself to be in those situations where you are uncomfortable to a degree, just just enough, is is important, and it allows you to 
empathize with other individuals better. It allows you to know what it's like to be the individual, the, the, the kind of seemingly outcast, you know, not the one that doesn't necessarily fit in. Right. Uh, it allows you to better understand those people and just people in general, you know, and, and that yeah. can be, that's more beneficial than, you know, more ways than just one, you know. Well, and then I think you can take that back into your your home culture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, it's, it's humility. Mm-hmm. So you're just learning to be humble, learning to listen, learning to feel uncomfortable, and then you bring that back into your everyday interactions, mm-hmm. and it does change a little bit of how you approach somebody. I think you have to be a lot nicer. Yeah. People who travel tend to be nicer. If you're traveling yeah. well, if you're actually traveling, yeah. uh, then you do end up being a bit a bit more kind, mm-hmm. a bit more understanding, a bit gentler, mm-hmm. with, or more gentle. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, Whatever the correct exactly. right, yeah, words. You know. uh, yeah. With the people that may be the outcast, with yeah. the person that is struggling a bit it just it opens your mind to a different perspective than this is how we do it mm-hmm. and this is the right way to do it yeah that's that's another big lesson is that there's not one right way to do everything and yeah. i learned that through traveling because my right way was not yeah the right way mm-hmm. of the people in france mm-hmm. or in italy because that's their right way mm-hmm. and when i'm the guest in your culture I want to learn yeah. your way. I want to kind of assimilate as much as I can in a short time yeah. into what your customs, what your uh, way of life yeah. looks like. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a, it's not a negative thing. I think yeah. it's enjoyable. Yeah, no, I was literally just about to say that again. It can be a little, you know, if you're plopped into a culture you have no idea about, right. it can be uncomfortable at first, especially if you're like if you don't have anybody with you. I would, I would, you know, right. I, would, I would highly recommend tra- traveling with like a friend or somebody you know, just so you have one person there with yeah. you at the very least. But I, I do think it's fun, you know. It's it's a it is a learning opportunity for one, mm-hmm. but it's a hands-on learning opportunity. It's not like you're sitting totally. in a tech. There's one thing, you know, like I said, like there's one. It's it's one thing to sit in a Spanish class and read right. about <laughs> how to read it and what these people do. It's like, right. Okay, that's kind of cool. And you close the book and go on. But it's another thing to be in it yeah. and to see this other side of the world and be like, oh, this place does exist. Like yeah. this, this is actually real. And these people they live this way, and it's so different and new from what you're used to, it really can be, a, a, I think, a fun experience. Maybe not for everybody, but I, I, I would agree 100%. It's a, it, it is a fun experience for me and people that I yeah. have, you know. Well, and I think you brought up solo travel, <clears throat> which is an entirely different experience. Yeah. I've done that once, mm-hmm. and I was comfortable. I love traveling. Mm-hmm. Loved it with friends, loved it with groups, uh, traveled with students, all this stuff. But then I went on my first solo travel trip, changes the game Mm -hmm. and you are the most i think introspective that you can be in a time when you are solo traveling in a country that doesn't speak your your uh native tongue your yeah your mother tongue yeah Uh, well that's all you can be exactly it's it's you you know uh it's it's you quite i mean unless you're in the middle of like doing something that requires all your attention i mean you kind of have no other choice but to be introspective and to kind of Reflect, you know, look into yeah. that metaphorical mirror where it's just you and and assessing who you are and your life. Uh, it, it, again, I've never solo traveled like that, right. but I I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You know, in those moments where it's just you, it allows you to really assess your life and who you are and, yeah. and where you are in your life. Uh, and that can really be a big benefit to a lot of people. I know those times in my life have been benefits to me, and yeah. uh, I would imagine it was a benefit to you and can be applied to anybody's life. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that like capital R romantic vibe of like sitting in a cafe yeah. in the middle of Paris on your own, drinking a coffee. Like it's, yeah. it's a whole vibe and you do it and it changes you and you're thinking like, okay, I have all these thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm processing these 
this entire new culture that I'm experiencing. And it's fun. It is, it's like a once in a lifetime yeah. type thing. Yeah. So highly recommend solo travel if you can. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I could talk to people all day. And so when I'm solo traveling, yeah. it's a journey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's definitely worth trying at least yeah. once. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I 100% agree. Um, talk to me a little bit about just the work that you do, like your, your actual, like your job. Yeah. Uh, I, whenever I came across you and we talked a little bit, I, the, the title of bilingual life coach. Yeah. Like, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> but when I when I spoke to you a little bit about it, I it really struck me as very interesting, especially in a place like Chattanooga where we live. There's a lot of different cultures that do mix and mingle here together. Um, and I just, I think it's very fascinating, honestly. As somebody who, as I've admitted, I'm not fluent in, in anything but, you know, Southern English. Uh, and so, right. knowing so, and seeing someone like yourself who uh, can speak, uh, I know, Eng do you speak any other languages besides English? English and Spanish? I guess I should have asked that. No. Oh, okay, no, I was going to say, no. if, you, if you speak any other languages, but still. I wish. Yeah, yeah, but, um, you know, I find just that this the idea of a bilingual life coach. What, just talk a little bit about the work that you do and, and what that entails, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the title <coughs> bilingual life coach is probably one of the most hippie-sounding <laughs> titles because people hear life coach and then you yeah. end up thinking, like, yeah. I'm going to get up in front of a crowd and yeah. look at you and say, you can be your best self. <laughs> you can do it. Exactly. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, that is so but in not. in Spanish, you're going to say it's Spanish. Yeah. 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 Si puede. <laughs> uh, it's not what we're doing at all. Yeah. So I work for the partnership and our program is called Building Stable Lives. And so the foundation of the program is to create goals and achieve goals. And then we're here as the life coach uh, to really kind of be a hub that you say, hey, I really, I wanna change my employment. I say, great, let me connect you with so-and-so over here, so-and-so over here, and then I know somebody from my life who might be able to pour into you in this way. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I like to view it more as like a central person that can connect you with the resources that you need. Mm -hmm. I remind my clients like, at the end of the day, this is not my goal, this mm -hmm. is your goal. Mm -hmm. So I'm here to be your number one fan, your cheerleader, yeah. person that's gonna hold you accountable, yeah. and I'm gonna connect you with anybody that I, that I know, mm -hmm. uh, and organizations that are doing work that may yeah. be able to support. But uh, we end up working, our client base usually comes from either uh, out of the prison system, mm -hmm. out of domestic violence, or out of homelessness. And so we're working with clients who are exiting a crisis stage and really looking to build stability back into their life. Mm -hmm. What's exciting though for me is that I also, I get to kind of monopolize the Spanish speaking yeah. community uh, <laughs> as the bilingual life coach. Yeah. So I'm working with an entirely different set of community members who may not be from the prison system or from DV, but are struggling in crisis of language. Mm -hmm. And so access to resources is is tough when you don't speak English yeah. in Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. And that's been an entirely separate adventure to take in this role. Because mm -hmm. I would say about half my clients are English speaking, half are Spanish speaking. Mm -hmm. And so the work that I do with my English speaking clients is vastly different than a lot of what I'm working on with uh, Spanish speaking clients of mine. Mm -hmm. Just because with Spanish speakers, they may not be in the same crisis as an English speaker. And so it requires a very different set mm -hmm. of skills yeah. or resources or communication styles. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. So they can be with us for up to two years, yeah. which is great because you're forming bonds. We're trying to build a community within them. So you're getting to know other people that are in the program, 
we're building friendships. We are also building uh, support systems. We have clients that come back and mentor. So it's a great program, yeah. and yeah. it's it's always developing, <coughs> always changing. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned how the. I mean, this is fairly obvious, but yeah. the 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 problems and the the kind of uh, hurdles that individuals who you know that in English-speaking individuals in an English-speaking culture experience are going to be different, obviously, from individuals who don't speak English. Yeah. But I have a bit of personal experience with that. So my younger sister, we adopted her from China almost mm-hmm. 10-ish, 11 years ago, something, some, you know, numbers are, <laughs> numbers and dates begin to blur, I forget. But yeah. I remember we went over there and picked her up, and, you know, the first week or so we were there, we were in Beijing, and yeah. obviously everyone there spoke Mandarin, and we had to, like, you know, get food. Like we had to, you know, find totally. like like places to shop and do other things. And we had never had to, we had never had to work around a language barrier for the basic necessities. Yeah. You know, obviously like through the, the agents that we worked with, we had like a hotel and things. So it wasn't like we were just out on the streets, but again, we had to get our own food. And like, if we needed clothes or anything, we had to go out and get it. And we didn't speak any ounce of, yeah. of Mandarin at all. And so I remember we went, we would go to like these restaurants and we'd be like, we're just going to point to this thing on the menu and hope that it's good. And we, right, we, didn't exactly. know, we were like, yeah, ah, we don't know what it is. And they don't know how to tell us in English. Right. A lot of them didn't. And so we would just kind of throw a dart at the board and say, let's, let's try this let's out. Try and that's such a unique kind of issue to have to deal with because, you know, like I said, when you've grown up in a culture like how we have, where you're comfortable in it and you know the people and you know the way of life, you don't think about those things because even if you do have to go out and like get your food or go out and get things of that nature, uh, you still have like, you know the language, you know the people and (laughs) being able to do that really does offer a sense of comfort, but if you can't even speak to those individuals in an adequate mm-hmm, manner, mm-hmm. you've really cut off your resources to a degree, you know? Yeah. And and so those issues, I would imagine, are, are much, those simple things, those small things, the things that we take for granted become amplified, you know? Yeah. You, know oh, you, don't, yeah. you don't think about where your food comes from until you don't know how to speak to get it, if, exactly. if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, totally. And I think a lot of the time, with Spanish-speaking clients who are, I mean, in their own sense, mm-hmm. any client who comes to the program is in some sort of crisis. Mm-hmm. They're looking for, as they enter the program, it may be rental assistance mm-hmm. or utility assistance. And then through connecting with them at a tangible needs space, mm-hmm. it develops into a relationship of uh, life coach to client. And you're able to really connect and hear more than just like, oh, my light bill. I need assistance there. It's okay. Well, then, what are what are your dreams? What are you trying to do? Yeah. But when those tangible needs aren't met, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to actually dream. Mm-hmm. And so, then you add the language barrier, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, now I don't even know how to meet my tangible needs, and I am a victim hypothetically of like predatory behavior by a landlord mm-hmm. who knows that I don't know English, and mm-hmm. so I'll just sign whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're in a contract that's an English legally binding contract and you don't even know what you've signed. Mm -hmm. So you look at that and you're saying, okay, we need as a community of people that are saying, this is Chattanooga, you are part of Chattanooga. Where's the representation and where is the advocacy for those who who are learning a language, Mm -hmm. who are are trying, but it takes time, just as you know it takes time to learn Spanish. Flip that and say, okay, well now I need to learn English and English rules are a mess in yes. trying to learn English. Like there's thing, no rules. Yeah, that is the thing I did learn. Like growing up in an English speaking society, I was very fortunate because 
look now, like now that I'm older and I can kind of look, but like at what the English language is, yeah. like, it's like it, it, there really are so many different like interweaving parts totally. of it that I just kind of take for granted because I've grown up in this, you know. Right. Which to me, that's what like other languages seem like, but. You know, uh, especially from people I've talked to, it's like English is its own behemoth in and of itself, you know. It, there's like no rules. There yeah. are rules and then it's like, well, okay, but you're going to break it yeah. here, 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 and here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, does the is it really a rule then? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the rules, but they sometimes apply. And yeah. sometimes they don't. It's And then, you, you know, like you like you mentioned, like there's the slangs of the different areas and yeah. stuff. And there's like different dialects and it just all gets thrown out of whack. I, I know, funny, there's like being from the South, I don't... I know I have a southern accent, but I don't hear it that much in my and I don't think yeah. it's super prominent, but if I ever travel anywhere outside of like this region, everybody's like, Oh, you're from the south, aren't you? And I'm like, How did yeah. you know? How did you know it? Oh, <laughs> it's totally. Funny. Well and like if I if I'm here, you hear yeah. me say Chicago yeah. or my mom. Yeah. I go back up to Chicago and my friends are like, You say y'all? Yeah. You have a, you, where's that twang come from? I was yeah. like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> You're having a real language identity. Exactly. Crisis I was here. like, Who yeah. am I? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. No, something I like that you, you mentioned though is, is working with your, your clients is yeah. obviously helping them get their tangible needs, you know, like getting food. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I like the example you gave of, you know, making sure that you can read different like contracts from landlords. Yeah. And that. Those are very important. But once if, you know, if someone gets to a point where they can kind of adequately handle those basic needs, there comes a point where they want to, you know, everybody, I would imagine at some point in their life, once they've got their needs met, it's like, okay, you start thinking beyond just where you get your food and where yeah. you live. You, you start thinking like, what do I really want to do with my life? What do I want to make of this life that I'm living? And I think that's really cool because for me, I think of the people that come into, uh, the people that are not like English speaking, not native English speaking mm. uh, individuals, we kind of tend to put them in this box of like, oh, they're, they're just scrounging for their basic needs. You'll they're, always be in yeah, crisis. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to, that's, that's what I'm getting at. And I think the fact that you're able to help them get beyond just getting their basic needs, just taking care of you know, their loved ones and allowing them to start dreaming and thinking, okay, maybe I can, I can do X or maybe I can do yeah. Y. Being able to kind of abstractly think about what they want to make of their lives is, is really interesting. And a lot of what we talk about here, and as I mentioned before, is not just helping individuals with uh, you know, like you said, with getting their tangible needs or how we help individuals with their financial needs, but allowing them to dream a little bit and think, what do I actually yeah. want to make of my life? And, and then being able to assist them along that journey. It's a really beautiful thing. And I think that's really admirable and just really cool as well, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and what's exciting about it is once you get out of that crisis stage and not to say that anybody, English, Spanish, French speaking here in Chattanooga, you can't fall back into it. Yeah. Uh, Because that's life. But once you really get out of that base crisis zone, Mm -hmm. you are able to dream. And what an incredible city to be in that's full of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Like Chattanooga is the place. If you want to start a business, if you have a dream and an idea, this is the place to be. So many programs offer training on how to market your business, on how to create a business. And that's been really fun to say, oh, you you want to start this business? Cool. Let me connect you with so-and-so because yeah. I know that they're offering like a 10-week course mm-hmm. and we can usually either provide a translator or there are some, uh, some programs that do have some Spanish access points, which, mm-hmm. is, which is great. Um, the other great part about this program is the work we are doing is two-generation. Two mm-hmm. So to be eligible for our program, you have to have kids under 18. 
which is exciting because we're not only working with you as a parent, mm -hmm. but we're saying, okay, we're gonna work with you as a parent on parenting mm -hmm. so that you're bettering the opportunities for your kids. And we want them to see you dream mm -hmm. and you accomplish these goals so that they're now inspired to also dream. Mm -hmm. This sounds huge and big picture, and it is. Yeah, but it's very it, abstract. Right, yeah. but, it, but it works because mm -hmm. you see that as parents are pouring into their kids, that's, that's what's not just putting a band-aid on a wound, but we're trying to like actually dive into the yeah. deeper stuff and say, okay, well then how do we stop this wound from passing on to the next generation? Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's been exciting. I think the other part, once you get out of the crisis, is we have so many Spanish speakers here in Chattanooga that want to be involved in the lives of their kids, that want to be involved in the community. And so the other half of my work right now is uh, running a community PTA. It's the bilingual community PTA for Eastlake, and it covers a couple of elementary schools, and our PTA is comprised of 100% Spanish-speaking parents, mm -hmm. which is so cool, yeah. because now it's not just saying like, oh, we have this community of uh, Spanish-speaking Guatemalans over in Eastlake. Mm -hmm. We have parents that can speak Spanish, that know the needs of the kids, that understand the school system, and are saying, here are our ideas for how we better that. And that's the empowerment that I'm like, yes, yeah. this is what we're working yeah. towards. Because now you're the one, you're the expert, and I'm listening to you mm -hmm. and saying, okay, what can we do? And they're like, yeah, this might work, but you should know that X amount of parents here are doing this at this time, so yeah. it probably is not the best choice there. And that's been beautiful yeah. to see Spanish-speaking parents own, yeah. take ownership in their kids' education yeah. and in the Hamilton County mm -hmm. uh, school district. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's the cool thing is your job is not just to like aid people along the way and to yeah. kind of show them the way and, and you know make them feel more comfortable with, with whatever they want to accomplish with their life, but it's to empower them to begin to do that for others. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's kind of like the old saying of like you can you can bring a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, but you can teach him to fish and he'll right. he'll eat for right. for the rest of his life. It's you're not just wanting them to go to the store and get food for a day right, and right. Then, okay, you'll be back the next day to do it again. You want to empower them to do that for, their, for themselves and then for, them fam for their own families and allow those families and communities to kind of become uh, self-sustaining, you know, to a degree and, and, totally. and work within themselves and do this work on a larger scale because there's only so much that you can do as one individual and there's only so much that, right. uh, you know, where you work can do as, as a company. But allowing these communities to begin to take this identity and, and ownership within themselves uh, and really begin to have an impact on their own. Not that you're not in, still involved at that point, but allowing them to really begin to work and kind of, you know, to use a finance term, like have like econ economies of scale, really yeah. like have, you know, these communities work uh, on their on themselves is, is really cool. And I think that's a, a great a great picture of what it really means to embrace one another, to try to put aside differences mm -hmm. and to listen to each other and understand each other better, you know? Because if you don't, if, if you can't show them how to, uh, or if you can't relate that to them, that you're not just here to get them to the store and back, or you're not just right. here to show them how to pay their electrical bill, but you're here to empower right. them, uh, it's it's going to be hard to make any real progress in those communities, you know? Yeah, well, and I, I the one thing that I always want to make clear is as a white male, it is my responsibility to almost like shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. uh, I am, I'm not coming in to solve anything to be the person that's like, yeah, let me, let me come in and fix all these problems. No, no, no. What I see as my role is to listen, 
first off, one, like every conversation has to start with me coming from a spot of listening and trying to understand. Because, I mean, everybody, you're a human, you're capable of doing this stuff. The one thing I can bridge is the language gap. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I see as my role. And I remind my clients, like, I, I know you're capable. You know you're capable. I am your hub to connect you with a resource that I may know just because of my training. Mm-hmm. And I will advocate for you in both English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. In no way do I ever want it to be viewed as that white savior kind, yeah. uh, kind of concept yeah. of, well, Jameson, the white male is going to come into East Lake and he's going to solve the problems yeah. and he's going to do that because that's not ever uh, the goal. If yeah. anything, it's to fill a spot in East Lake, in Chattanooga in general, mm-hmm. for people who will advocate and translate mm-hmm. and offer the opportunities yeah. that people may need just because we're trying to work on that language barrier. Mm-hmm. I would love to see way more nonprofits ha- offer Spanish-speaking programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Paz is doing incredible work, but I was like, you can't all be up to La Paz. Yeah. And now the partnership and the few other uh, nonprofits that are doing it to make a way for everything to be accessible. Somebody who speaks Spanish and somebody who speaks English should be afforded every single opportunity mm-hmm. the exact same in Chattanooga. Yeah. And that's what I'm really pushing for. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, something that I think, you know, let's say hypothetically, like, you know, you're wherever you're at in your life and you want to accomplish goal A, whatever yeah. that is, you know. The thing that I've noticed in my own life is is it's less about your determination to accomplish that goal. Uh, it, obviously, that is a, a factor. If Your willingness to get up and go do whatever is necessary to accomplish that goal is important, but the thing that I've noticed is your ability to reduce the friction between mm-hmm. you know where you are and that goal is imperative because just like you know literally in life, if you're wanting to drag something across the floor, if it's like a really bumpy floor, if it's like a really rough area, right, if there's a lot right. of friction. It's hard to move it, uh, and that the reason I'm saying that is, I I would imagine that you've seen a lot of individuals where it's very hard for them to get to where they want because there can be a lot of friction in their lives. Yeah. Not just are they kind of a fish out of water when they maybe, maybe they don't speak English, but there's probably a lot of uh, you know family issues going on. There may yeah. be just some stuff going on in their community. Th- that can obviously uh, do more harm than good. And so my question for you is, how have you seen and what are some practical ways that not only can be applied to Sp- you know Spanish-speaking individuals, but English-speaking individuals where people have been able to uh, remove friction in their lives uh, and people that have uh, been able to say, this is where I'm at currently and this is where I want to go. What are some ways they've been able to remove that friction to better accomplish those goals ahead of them, if that makes sense? That's a really good yeah. question. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah, so I'm trying to think a lot of the time <clears throat> with anybody who's in our program specifically, the one thing we say is communicate. Mm-hmm. If you feel stuck, communicate with your life coach. Mm-hmm. If you feel like this is working, communicate with your life coach. Yeah. Because the more that I understand what is causing the friction or even the friction itself, like yeah. what is it? Yeah. I can think and we get to be creative as a human and say, okay, well, if this is, if this is the issue, if this is the friction that we're facing, what are like five other ways that we can approach this? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there another path in the room that has less friction? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if you don't tell me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why relationships have been critical. Uh, and that, I mean, that is a practical thing I would 
recommend to anybody is yeah. build a relationship with somebody who is there to support you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's my number one. Yeah, and and having those relationships really, does, I mean, we were just talking about it in a different way. Right. Uh, like with traveling, having individuals around you that you can lean on, uh, it helps in more ways than just one. You know, I, I remember whenever I first started at UTC and and was here, I, I knew some people, but I didn't know a lot of people that went to UTC. And there were times where. Uh, I mean, when I first started, I was not, I was an engineering major and I wasn't doing very great at it. And yeah, I remember thinking, I was like, I, I can't do it. Like I felt very alone. You know, I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this on my own. I don't know if I can find a way through this issue. Uh, now, obviously, you know, about four years removed, I've graduated and, and you know, that, that chapter's turned in my life. But yeah. what really helped me was having individuals I could lean on and having individuals I could speak with and learn from them because you know, uh, to use an example, like with uh, the work that you do, if you're a Spanish speaking individual and you find yourself in English, in an English culture and you're like, okay, well, how am I supposed to do this on your own? If right. you're just by yourself, so I would say, I'd say the odds are probably not in your favor, but right. if you have individuals, individuals like yourself that are here to help and you maybe have, you know, family members that have gone through similar issues mm -hmm. and friends that, you know, know a little bit about this and a little bit about that, that's really where you can draw your strength from and reduce that friction, I yeah. think. Uh, because they've, they have knowledge and they have wisdom and they have those experiences that you may not have that you can kind of learn from their mistakes, learn from the things they did right, right. Uh, and apply that to your own life. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, and you just have basic support. <clears throat> yeah. So what I love about the program and what we're really trying to take into the Spanish-speaking community here in Chattanooga is the opportunity to build a sub-community mm -hmm through our program that is tailored for those who speak your language. Mm -hmm. And so, so often we see these incredible nonprofits that are doing work that is in, I mean, it's fantastic, mm -hmm. not really accessible for those who speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. What I would love to see in our program is the same level of care that we're putting onto English speakers mm -hmm. in creating community within all of our members to do that for our Spanish speakers. Mm -hmm. And that requires significant amount of work in, I mean, the basic translation of curriculum, mm -hmm. the uh, opportunities for connection have to be a little bit different just based on work schedules mm -hmm. or uh, family needs and all of that. And so it really has taken a considerable amount of time to pour into how do we make community accessible for those who are in our program. Yeah. In a culture, I mean, Spanish-speaking culture, family is family is life. Yeah, community is it is strong and it is vibrant here in Chattanooga. So how do we how do we connect people with each other, mm -hmm. even more than they're already doing, but in a way that also makes additional resources, opportunities for success, and more all accessible to that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. that's kind of the project I'm working on now. Yeah. And it's a journey, but it's it's a fun, oh, it's so fun. Yeah, and, and and I'm sure for you, like, even though it may be, I don't know, it may be early on in that process of the, of the project you're working on, but um, when you start to see that growth and that yeah. change happen, it's, you know, it's kind of like a, like if you start, like a garden or something, like at mm -hmm. first it's just like a, 
patch of dirt and there's not mm-hmm. much going on. But once you see that little bit of life starting to come up in that change, it's so much more rewarding, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with with your anybody's life, whether wherever you're at, uh, globally or personally. Uh, at first, when you want to accomplish something or change something about your yeah. life, it can seem like okay, all I've got is this little this area, and there's not much going on. And it takes time. It takes an investment of of time and, and energy. But once you see that change and you yeah. see that growth. That's when it becomes a lot more fun. It's like, okay, now I see, I see the change happening. I can see right, things are things right. are occurring, and now you, for me personally, like you get more and you get more excited. You get more involved, and you're like, okay, now I now I really I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in deep and, and really commit to uh, you know changing what I want to change or. Uh, you know, developing more growth in my life, whatever that yeah. looks like. I know I'm using very abstract terms here, but that's that's really how it works. In in I know I've seen in my life and in, in other people's lives, uh, it, it's really exciting once you see that growth begin to take place. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think <clears throat> my favorite part has been, again, listening. Mm-hmm. So I'll pitch an idea to a Spanish-speaking client, be like, "Okay, what do you think about this? Is this actually anything that would work?" And the critique I get back, or the feedback that's critical but also really helpful, has been fantastic. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I have an idea, mm-hmm. and that may have worked for our English-speaking clients, but I am not uh, part of the Latinx community. Mm-hmm. And so what I am going to do is always defer to the experts. Mm-hmm. And those are my clients. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been so cool is to see the ideas that they're coming up with yeah. and to just see what they think as something that works. And nine times out of 10, yeah, yeah. it's going to be the way that we go because yeah. it does work. Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree. You, you talked to, and we've mentioned it a little bit, yeah. just, uh, the importance of listening. What are just uh, that, obviously, but aside from that, what are some or not benefits, what are some uh, recommendations you would make to anyone that's trying to get around any sort of language barrier? Obviously, you're, uh, you know, you're the expert in, in Spanish, but, you know, there's going to be t- likely going to be a time in many people's lives where they come into an area where they do not speak the same language as somebody else, and it can be, it can be difficult. I can tell you from personal experience, and I know you can as well, mm-hmm. that getting around that language barrier is difficult. Uh, the there's a little side story here, but whenever I was in Dominican, we they speak Spanish down there, obviously, yeah. and I do not. Uh, and so we were with these little these little kids, and we were like, "What are we supposed to do with them? Like, we don't, you know, the, not only are right, they like right. six years old, but like we don't speak their language." And we were just kind of stood there, like, "Look, we were looking at the, you know, right. we were both looking at each other, like." What are we gonna do? You know, <laughs> and I suggested I was like, I was like, you want to play rock paper scissors? And they were yeah. like, oh yeah, let's, let's like you can see that they, they yeah. really took to that, and it was it was fun. But that was a, a side tangent. But no, uh, that just reminded me of that. But what are some ways that people can get around those language barriers? Even you know, if they don't speak the same language or if they're not in the same culture, uh, what are some practical ways that help to get? not only accustomed to that language, but get around it in, you know, maybe your first encounter with, with that language, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think abstractly, yeah. remembering that we are all human. Yeah. And h- humans run in very similar ways. Even mm-hmm. if it's a different culture, it's like, okay, well, a restaurant's going to work the same way most of the time Yeah. if it's in English or if it's in Spanish. Yeah. So you know, like, the basic tradition of, yeah. like, I'm going to go up to the cashier, I'm mm-hmm. going to pick something out. We go to McDonald's and you look at McDonald's and okay, there's going to be a picture. You can point to the picture. Yeah. You could say, "I want a uh, Big Mac." Yeah. Uh, same same concept. So like, de-stress. Mm-hmm. We're all humans. 
the language is going to be tough. Yeah. But we also have technology now, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. You can throw it in Google Translate if you're trying to say something. Yeah. There's audio versions. Is it going to be perfect? No. Yeah. But are there ways to kind of access another language in real time? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think my recommendation to people is always take a breath. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're talking to a human. And nobody's out to get you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's out to critique like, well, okay, you said the wrong AR verb yeah. in this conjugation. Like, <laughs> nobody's doing that because... They bring out the Spanish textbook. Right, yeah. like, same in English. I'm not yeah. going to look at you and be like, well, you actually should have said ran <laughs> instead of run. Yeah. Like, okay, I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying, you're trying. Yeah. And that's appreciated more than I think we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm going to flip that. I'm going to challenge somebody to say, appreciate the effort that's put when somebody who's a Spanish speaker is attempting to speak English yeah. and they may slip up or something. Do you understand what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Do I botch stuff in Spanish all the time? I botch stuff in English. I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I botch <laughs> stuff in Southern English, Northern yeah. English, whatever English. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of giving grace, listening, listening to understand, mm-hmm. listening to connect is huge. And then actually practice mm-hmm. a little bit and be willing to try and be willing to mess up because uh, it's almost like a first date. Like you yeah. go on that first date and you're waiting for something just to like uh, ease yeah. the tension yeah. and somebody messes up something or says something that's goofy and also it's like, oh, okay, now we can breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So when you botch something in Spanish, okay, yeah. now the, the ice has been broken, yeah. we're good, we can go. And just be ready to like, don't take yourself too seriously, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I think that's that's incredibly important because uh, in, in my limited experience being in, in cultures that I am, you know, not familiar with, there is that that first instinct of like, you know, I, like specifically whenever I was in Dominican, I was like, okay, I, I took Spanish once. I was like, I was trying to remember totally. everything, but like there was no chance. Like I was, a, exactly. was I, I did not stand a chance trying to, you know, conjure up whatever I learned in high school. But being able to just give myself a little bit of grace and hoping that other people would allow me the same grace that right. I, I would, you know, I'm hoping they'll extend to me. It really does go a long way because there's a give and a take to it. You know, yeah. uh, you're obviously trying to take the, the, whatever knowledge you have of whatever culture you're in and, and apply it to that situation. Right. But there's a give, you know, when, right. you're, when you're on the other side of things and you're, you understand that whatever individual you're speaking to is, is trying their best, you try to give them that, that time, give them that, that chance to try. Um, and I, I love what you said about just making an attempt first. Yeah. You, unless you know literally nothing right. about it, and you, you don't know the first. You know, you don't know how to count to one in, in Spanish or anything. Making that that attempt is important because if you just stand there and you're like at a you know at a restaurant, you don't ever try to try to right. order or anything like that. Nobody can really help you. Nobody can assist you along the way if you just stand there and do nothing. Making that attempt. Uh, really does go a long way, and that can be applied in any any field of life. Right. Uh, whatever it is that you're looking at and you're trying to make sense of, if you don't ever attempt it, uh, you're probably not going to experience any growth or any change. You know. For sure. Yeah. Well, and I think because you <clears throat> talked about like I love that you said it. Uh, the idea of like if you don't even know how to count to one in yeah. Spanish, yeah. Because of how the states are changing, it's almost impossible now. I think in like the next generation, it won't be possible to not know any Spanish, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. I mean, baby steps. I would like everybody to learn yeah. a lot more Spanish, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, but we're in a spot where these languages are, language in general, whatever it is, is becoming more prevalent in the United States because we're a melting pot. Mm-hmm. 
as it should be. And that's exciting. And so hearing people be like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I do know a phrase or two. Like, I remember something from high school or no. I've uh, traveled in California and seen street signs and everything that are predominantly in a community that's predominantly Spanish speaking. It's, it's more and more and more and it's growing mm -hmm. the prevalence of Spanish in the United States, mm -hmm. which is I mean, to me, super exciting. I, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, so it is It is interesting to hear people try yeah. now. Yeah. It's, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, I would agree. I, th I think, you know, even in my uh, limited experience with Spanish-speaking cultures, this just, just that idea of a willingness to try. Yeah. Uh, that can be applied in so many different ways. And that's where real growth happens. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to think about, like, oh, I'd love to you know, I'd love to do this thing, or I'd love to look this way or do this thing, but if right. you never make that first attempt, one, it becomes a lot easier after that. Right. You know, you, you kind of broken the ice, uh, but like, as you mentioned, but it, it, it really does get easier beyond that, you know? It, it gets easier, you become more comfortable with it, and at the end of the day, you become more comfortable with your own mistakes, you know? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Whenever I, whenever I was in, in the Dominican and I kind of fumbled my first few attempts to try to speak any, any Spanish, they were like, okay, now that you've you gotten right, that out right, of your right. system, like, let me show <laughs> you how to actually, yeah. so I was like, okay, well, they understand. Like, I'm, I'm trying my best, you know? And you've gotten those first few mistakes out of the way, it becomes a lot easier to learn and to grow, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and I came from an environment where I was expected to be the pro, yeah. the master Spanish speaker. Mm -hmm as an educator. And then I took, and I'm teaching students about like, this is why this Hispanic culture is beautiful. This is why the Latinos are vibrant as a community. Yeah. And then I moved into nonprofit where I'm now saying, okay, nobody's expecting me to teach them Spanish. Mm -hmm. I now need to use the Spanish that I know yeah. to connect. Yeah. And that's a totally different ballgame, And I love it because yeah. I have been in the situation where, uh, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I totally botched that. Mm -hmm. And what is my client gonna think? And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk tomorrow and the yeah. next day and the next yeah. day, and we're gonna keep going. And yeah. they're not expecting me to be the pro. Like, granted, can I speak yeah. Spanish? Yes. Am I gonna miss say something because I'm used to like hyper formal yeah. language? Yeah, really right. exactly. Eyes, like you know. to teach a student. Yeah, I'm gonna probably say something that's like, wait, what are you actually trying yeah, to say? Yeah. But it's given me opportunity to grow in my own understanding of Spanish. Mm -hmm. And like, I've had clients say, oh, nobody says it like that. Yeah. Try it like this. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. This yeah, is great. Now you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. instead of by the book, this is. It's real life. This is real life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've loved that. And yeah. so that's only because you have to get over the. Okay, I'm gonna try. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And and. Yeah, I mean, that really can be applied in, in so many areas is, is that mm -hmm. willingness to try, especially, you know, again, not that I am some uh, some you know, language expert. I speak English decently, I suppose, <laughs> but uh, whatever field of life it is, whether it's you're yeah. trying to learn a new language or you're trying to, you know, work in a different field or, or you want to improve your life in some way, that attempt is, is so important. That first attempt to really get the ball, move, you know, rolling and, and get momentum on your side is, is, yeah. is really important. And I think that can be not only be applied in so many different ways, but is crucially important to growth and improvement in our lives in whatever avenue of our life we choose to, uh, you know, grow and improve in. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree 100 percent. Before we begin to kind of wrap things yeah. up here, I want to first off just say thank you so much for coming on. It's been, yeah, been a pleasure speaking you. with you, but uh, I always want to give the guests the opportunity to just have the floor. If there's anybody you want to 
give a shout out to if there's anything you're working on or you know anything that you really want to talk about um, the floor is yours and feel free to address whoever you want to address or, or say whatever you want to say the floor yeah. is yours man I love it well yeah. uh, thank you so much yeah. for having me and to parents, anybody who's a parent that's listening, what I would ask and encourage is that you provide your kids, future kids, kids that you know, friends, kids, all of it, give them the opportunity to learn about a new culture and give them opportunities to hear Spanish and to see the beauty of the culture, to connect with other kids in their school who are speaking Spanish and to understand that their way is not necessarily the right way, that there's another way that may be beautiful. and teach them humility, and then also find ways to support Latinx community uh, through shopping, through dining, through connecting with others, to donating to nonprofits who are doing work to support uh, this community as well. But dive into the community, learn about it, uh, connect with your neighbors. So that's my big recommendation to everybody here in Chattanooga, but especially for those who are interested in supporting organizations that are doing work, uh, feel free to reach out to me yeah. or uh, look online. There's so much. La Paz is phenomenal. The partnership is doing great work and I can advocate for us just because I'm yeah. part of it. But yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, you Before we go, you mentioned La Paz. What, what is La Paz? Just for those that maybe. Yeah. So La Paz is a nonprofit here in Chattanooga that is doing work to support uh, the Latinx community. And so they are a fully bilingual organization that has access to resources. Um, a lot of members that are in the community that are uh, in the Latinx community, as well as those who want to pour in and support uh, Spanish speakers here in Chattanooga. So if you're ever interested, check them out, La Paz. Uh, they have a website, they have social media. They are phenomenal, top-notch, uh, as is Building Stable Lives through the partnership. <laughs> awesome, awesome, I love it. Yeah, we will make sure to put, uh, There's, a, I'm assuming there's a website for La Paz and yes. for the partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure to get links for those down in the description of this episode. So if you wanna check out them and what they're doing, then feel free to head down there and you can see what they got going on. Uh, I know you're on LinkedIn, that's how we uh, yes, come in contact yeah. with, with each other. Do you have any other social medias or anything that you specifically uh, you know, have going on that people can find you or, or get in contact with you? Yeah, of course. If you wanna find me on Instagram, that's my primary area that I'll share updates on uh, things going on here in Chattanooga, and that's just at Jameson Schimmel. So awesome. feel free to reach out, questions, comments. I love it all. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll make sure to put links to those down in the description. So if anybody wants to check you out and see what you got going on, then they can find you there. Uh, but again, Jameson, thank you for coming on. It's been great speaking with you and uh, I love getting to know you a little bit more and, and know more about the work that you do. I think it's really important and I'm glad to see that uh, not only are individuals like yourself taking these issues and these problems head on, uh, but it's good to hear that these communities that are maybe you know not necessarily from here, but they're they're doing uh, good work to yeah. not only get more integrated, but to make their own communities flourish and their own cultures flourish. I love that, and I think that's great. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you for the work yeah. that you do, and thank you all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to give us some feedback. Uh, you can you can rate a review. I believe on on Apple you can give a review. So we'd love to hear some feedback from you all. Uh, but again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming in, and we will see you on the next. Next episode of the third seat. Thank you so much.